Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. Good to see you here. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a, a morning full of stuff like this, including all of our kids here with us to, uh, to perform a, a Christmas production for us. They're going to start getting into place. I wanted to welcome you. My name's Pastor Brian. I'm lead pastor here. And uh, if I haven't been able to meet you yet, I just want to say welcome. Nice to meet you. And uh, hopefully this morning you'll enjoy a relaxed time of a family Christmas celebration. We do this every year. Uh, there's lots of different acts that will be happening today, some on stage, some on the screen. It's a relaxed morning, so enjoy it. Uh, it's okay if, if the kids are talking or, or even a little whiny. It's, it's an all-family Christmas morning in here together. Uh, I want to say a prayer and... We're going to have our kids get us going here. Lord Jesus, we honor you today. Thank you so much for coming to earth, for cramming yourself into flesh. And we celebrate that. We've been celebrating that all this season. We certainly celebrate that this morning. It's all about you today, who you are and what you have done for us. Thank you for the joy that you have poured into our hearts our minds, and our lives. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse." Hold it a minute. That was your first mistake. I'm stirring like crazy to get these Christmas goodies finished. There is no rest for this hard-working mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas would soon be there. Oops. That's mistake number two. Those socks are by the fireplace to dry out. The kids in this house can't seem to stay out of the wet snow. The children were nestled all snub in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. Sugar plums? Smugger plums. These kids are dreaming about gifts. Gifts and stuff and things. They don't care if it dancers or not. They just like the loot. Mr. Mouse, you certainly seem negative. Are you a little disturbed by Christmas? Christmas? Bah, humbug. All it is is work and worry and bills and gimme, gimme, gimme. Got it! Oh no, Mr. Mouse. Christmas is much, much more than that. Let me grab the first edition of The Night Before Christmas and see if that'll help you understand. Now settle down and listen. Twas the night before Christ's birth, and up in the sky, the angels are prepping to be heard on high. Tonight's the night God is sending Jesus down to earth. I'm so excited. Who should we tell the news to first? Let me look at our assignment scroll. We are to go to the hills outside of Bethlehem to a group of shepherds. Shepherds. 
shepherding tell some important people? It's God's plan for you to tell the shepherds first. The birth is just the beginning of the plan. Well, God knows best. Let's get the other angels in town. Bethlehem, a small rural town, were just getting ready to lay themselves down. I have so much to do. I have never seen so many people in town. This tax census from the Romans is really causing a lot of headaches. 
Just a little while ago, a young couple begged me to let them stay in my stable. I let them. The wife is expecting a baby at any time now. I suppose it is better than sleeping in the street. Maybe I should go check on that couple. No, they'll be all right. And out on the hillside while watching their sheep, a young group of shepherds were, were falling asleep. And then suddenly came a light. And suddenly, out of the sky, came a light. An angel appeared, making everything bright. Peace to each man. You need not have fear, for the news we have brought you will find very dear. A baby is born. This night is his birth. He's come to save all of the people on earth. In Bethlehem town, you'll find this dear child with Mary and Joseph, his mother so mild. Sharing a major with oxen and sheep, nestled in blankets, the babe sound asleep. Good news we bring on this wonderful night. Jesus is born. Let us run to the site. Oh 
a vision. Did you hear what the angel said? Jesus is born. We should do what the angels told us to do. Go and look for the stable. The Lord will take care of our sheep. Let's hurry. So after the angels had delivered the news, the shepherds went searching with no time to lose. And just as the angels had told them aloud, they found Jesus with Mary, and Joseph was proud. In those days, Caesar Augustus made a law. It required that a list be made of everyone in the whole Roman world. It was the first time a list was made of the people in Quirinius, while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went, all went to their towns to be listed, listed. So Joseph went also. He went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judah. That is where Bethlehem, the town of David, was. Joseph was, went, there to be, went there because he belonged to a family to the family line of David. He went there with Mary to be listed. Mary was engaged to him. She was expecting the baby. While Joseph and Mary were there, the time came for the, be- the child to be born. She gave birth to her first son. It was a boy. She wrapped him in large strips of cloth, and she placed him in a manger. There, were no, there was no room for them in the inn. There were shepherds living out in, in the fields nearby. It was night, and looking after their sheep. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. It is for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Here is how you know I will be. I am telling the truth. You will, t- you will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a large group of angels from heaven also appeared. They were praising God. They were praising God. They said, "May glory be given to God in the highest heaven. May peace be given to to those He He is pleased with on earth."
Wow, that's a great story. Jesus was born on the first Christmas day? That's right. Jesus was born on the first Christmas day. A gift from the Father. He planned it that way. And every dear person who hears and believes, that moment from Jesus, a pardon receives. For all folks have sinned and have gone their own way. But God listens closely when we choose to pray and choose to love Jesus who came down to earth to live and to die and to give us new birth. Terrific! Christmas isn't all loot and gimme, 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 got to. It's really Jesus and joy and love straight from God. Congratulations! Now you know the reason for the season. And if you'd all like to um, join us in singing happy birthday to Jesus, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, everyone, for letting me be a part of your kids' lives. And um, they worked really hard the last couple months, and they've had a lot of fun. And do you think they did a really good job? I think we should. Yes. Give them some whoop whoops.
Hey Seth, what's up? You look pretty deep in thought. You know, I was just thinking, what does Christmas mean in 2019? What does Christmas mean? Christmas means to me, Minecraft all night. Christmas means celebrating the Christ's birth. Christmas means tree hunters and traffic. Christmas means God with us. Christmas means Clark Griswold and Christmas vacation. Oh, Christmas means Emerson's getting his two front teeth. Christmas means that you can spend time with family and then you can celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and eat great food. Christmas means my dad dressing up like an elf and embarrassing my entire family. Christmas means to me, the Prince of Peace has come to Earth. Christmas means Jesus is the light of the world. Hello? Hello? Oh, my bad. Well, I think Christmas means a lot of things today, but what do you think it means? I think it means, I think it means good news. How God sent his son to this earth to save us so we can live, to change this world. Wow, I'm glad Zev said that. I was gonna say Christmas means it's too cold be sitting on a bench outside in Colorado. For many years, my favorite Christmas decoration has been the manger scene. I have managed to collect an awful lot of them. Some of them are absolutely elegant, like that one. Some of them are just beautiful, like that one. That one was from Harry. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> are you bowing? <laughs> But some years ago now, when we were stationed in the Detroit area as Salvation Army officers, uh, I went to the home of one of the other members of the group, and I saw this most elegant, beautiful manger scene I had ever seen. And I found out that she had created that manger scene. 
and it looked like Delft china, beautiful blue and white. And I was determined that I was going to have one of those. Now, my problem is I haven't got a crafty bone in my body, but I wanted one of those manger scenes. And so come spring, when I crafted out some time to attend this women's group, I began to make a manger scene. And I carefully, with lots of guidance, began to paint a shepherd. And he was gorgeous. But then one of the ladies came to me and said, you've used the wrong paint. You've got to scrub it off. I was just about to give up when I decided if I was going to have one of those manger scenes, I'd better scrub off that paint. And so I did. And then I went ahead and I made these pieces. One shepherd, one wise man, Mary and Joseph, and the baby lying in a manger. And we proudly displayed them that Christmas. Well, about two years later, we were moving from the Detroit area, and I was presented with this lovely box, and it had in it all the pieces of the manger scene that I had not been able to complete, that the ladies had made for me. And we were so excited and so blessed by this very generous gift of these wonderful ladies. But then as I put it up that next Christmas, and we reread the scripture that the girls read for us this morning, I realized that that was not what the manger looked like at all. She brought forth her firstborn son, and she laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And contrary to Pastor Brian's message last Sunday, I'm inclined to believe that Jesus was born in a barn. It wasn't a very nice place. When they went in, I'm sure they could smell the animals. And the beams on the posts and the manger were rough and torn by the animals rubbing their backs on them over the years. God not only crammed himself into flesh, but came to a very lowly place to be born. And you know, that's what he does for you and me. None of us is good enough to house God. And yet he comes and lives in us. Praise the Lord. This holy child is born to us. 
for all the world to see. Peace on the earth, goodwill to men, to God all glory be. This couple traveled from afar, arrived in Bethlehem, and in the inn they sought to stay. There was no room for them. They found a stable filled with hay, a manger for a bed. God's Son was born this starry night, just as the angel said. The shepherds left to see this boy. They wandered through the night. The angels led the way to him. A Savior wrapped in light. A star shone bright up in the east. The wise men following, they brought him gifts of gold and myrrh to honor Christ our King. Jesus grew into a man. He died for you and me. But in three days he rose again. And with us he will ever be. With us. He will ever be.
fun having a good time this morning yeah I want to invite our ushers to join me up here and we are going to prepare to receive our morning tithes and offerings just a a wonderful thing we get to do um, sow into the kingdom of God that's happening up here in Woodland Park and Teller County is generally speaking if you're a visitor here this morning I don't want you to feel compelled to give but if this is something you want to do, you're certainly invited to join us in this. This is something that we get to do joyfully today. I just want to say a prayer over this. Lord Jesus, thank you uh, for the amazing gift that you are to us. And um, we uh, honor you with our giving today. Thank you for the provision that you have brought into our lives and the provision that is coming. Take what we have to offer you today. Use it. Bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it. Build your church with it, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. First one is was the soul music one. Okay. Yes. Yes. And then. Bethlehem. Bethlehem. They say that he was made of snow and the children know how he came to life. Man was a jolly, happy soul with a corn cup pipe and a button nose and to look at frosty dough. Bumbly bum 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 Seventeen through twenty-five. Behold! Behold! So all the generations from Abraham to David are fourteen generations from David. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows: After his mother Mary was sort of like Mary, but you don't live together yet. It was a time where 
the man would maybe build a house or create some stability for the wife, but it was still a commitment. Like they were, it was, yeah. It was a very strict commitment. And so think about that. It was a strict commitment, but they weren't living together. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. And yet she became pregnant. The law said at that time that if that happened, that a man could have that wife be stoned to death if she became pregnant. Because it would be like she cheated on him. Yeah. And he didn't do that. Well, can the... Because the Holy Spirit gave her the baby.
Hi. I would like to tell you a story about Amy. Amy was in her 30s, the wife of an active duty military member and the mom of three children. It was Christmas Eve day and Amy was struggling. Her husband was deployed. She had just made costumes and attended three separate Christmas programs. She baked numerous cookies for all three Christmas parties and had not gone shopping because they were short on funds. Amy sat in her living room. There was laundry all about, some in nice little folded piles, and other pieces just tossed about as if the living room was one big laundry basket. She sat there in a daze. Her mind was blank. Depression had set in. It was then she heard a knock on the door. She dragged herself in her sweats and her mismatched footies to the door. It was her friend Anita. Anita was dressed to the nines in the most beautiful, sparkly Christmas outfit. On Amy's face was the look of dread and guilt. Yep, I knew it. That's why I decided to come pick you up an hour earlier. I just knew you had forgotten, Anita said as she pushed Amy away and walked through the door. Amy, with even a larger weight of shame, responded, I did. I totally forgot. I just don't think I can go. Anita retorted with, You're going. You made a promise to your gals, to yourself, and to your husband that you would do something once a month with us to make sure you got out of the house. Besides, I promise by the end of the night, you will have had the most amazing time. Amy whined. I don't have anything to wear. Really, I wouldn't be that much fun. Just go without me. Nonsense, Anita said gleefully as she looked at Amy's green sweats and started to grab random bows, bells, and other Christmassy items off of the table. I just need some fabric glue. There was the fabric glue still there from when Amy had made the costumes for her children's concerts. Next thing Amy knew, she had the most awful, bright, cheery sweats in the world. She stuck out like a sore thumb, and Anita topped her off by putting three bows in her hair. There, now you look like Christmas threw up on you. How can you not go out when you are so dressed up? That comment hurt Amy. She knew she looked ridiculous. However, she had promised the gals and her husband. And Anita was not going to leave without her. As they headed to the door, Anita said, So where are the cookies? We all promised to bring food? Amy went back into the kitchen. She saw plates of cookies and treats neighbors had dropped by to say Merry Christmas to her and her children. She gathered them all up on one platter and proceeded to the door. Anita saw the amazing spread and chuckled. See, you always say you can't or don't want to do something when it's apparent you had a plan to go all along. Anita and Amy arrived at a very sleek and expensively decorated home. As they walked in, their friends Bethany, 
Jill and Jackie greeted them with a loud and cheerful, Merry Christmas! Each woman was wearing a very modern, sleek, and beautiful outfit with just a hint of Christmas cheer. As Amy walked in, everyone laughed and stated how Amy always goes out of her way to be the center of attention. That outfit was completely out of this world. More than once, Amy heard the comment that it looked like Christmas had thrown up on her. Feeling alone and left out, Amy pushed through the evening. Her friends talked about the amazing gifts they had bought their families. Bethany was having her parents, siblings, nieces, and nephews over tomorrow for a huge spread. Jackie and her husband were going to a cabin in the woods for a few days to snuggle and spend Christmas alone. Jill was going to do the traditional Christmas morning with hot cocoa and presents. And then their whole family was going to volunteer at the soup kitchen. The news was going to be there to cover their amazing giving efforts. Amy sat there with her hot cider. She didn't dare share with the group that she had no plans. She had been so busy with the kids' programs, she didn't even put up the tree. She had forgotten to go shopping for Christmas dinner, although she still had frozen food from Thanksgiving. Yeah, that might work. The kids didn't have presents, and she thought perhaps she could come up with something when she got home. See, her parents had decided to host Christmas this year, and they were completely on the other side of the country. Due to her kids' program, there was no way she could drive there in time. And she didn't have money for plane tickets for four people. Her husband's family lived far away too. And they had their own traditions. They never broke them or bent them. So that wasn't an option either. The more her friends shared and laughed, the worse Amy felt. She had failed as a mom. She was more depressed than ever. As the ladies laughed, sang carols, and exchanged gifts with each other, Amy slid on her coat and quietly left the house. Amy walked and walked, and the night got colder and colder. She then got to the park where she saw a small bench in the glow of the warm street lights. It seemed so warm and inviting, and she was so tired. She sat on the bench and let out a huge sigh. A part of her just thought of staying right there. She would lie down on the bench and fall asleep, and perhaps all her troubles would go away. She let her mind go to dark thoughts, and she went back into her zone. She was then startled as she heard someone's feet shuffling towards her. She immediately tensed up. It was dark. She was alone, and she had no way to protect herself. As the figure came into the light, she saw an older woman that was completely bundled from head to toe. She looked a little worn, and it was in Amy's mind that this woman was probably homeless. The woman approached Amy and said, do you mind if I sit with you? Amy was hesitant, but she nodded. At first, the two women sat there in silence next to each other. The woman began to smile and hum Silent Night. It was beautiful, 
and it actually caused Amy to smirk just a little. When the lady saw the slight smile on Amy's face, she said, Ah, there it is. I was wondering if it was going to show itself. Amy looked confused. Excuse me? The woman replied, I could tell you weren't in a good place. I thought maybe a little music would stir the happiness of your soul to shine through. Amy snorted back, Happiness? Lady, you don't even know what you're talking about. There isn't anything to be happy about. This is probably the lowest I have ever felt. I can't find a single thing to be happy about right now. The woman chuckled to herself and then extended out her hand. I'm sorry, I should have introduced myself. My name is Mary, and she grinned a huge grin. Amy instinctively returned the gesture. My name is Amy, and I'm sorry I snapped at you. Mary turned to Amy and said, you know, I do understand heartache, pain, sadness, loneliness. Mind if I tell you my story? Amy agreed, hoping that this homeless woman's story would maybe make hers sound like a cakewalk. Mary continued, I love Christmas. It makes me so happy. I love that I have a coat, this bench, the warm lights. In fact, my favorite place to be every Christmas Eve is right here. Amy rolled her eyes and thought to herself, great, even a homeless person has a better life than I do. Mary shared more of her story. You know, I lost my mom when I was a teenager. After that, I made a lot of poor choices that kept putting me in situations that weren't good for me. I did pull through for a short time. I got married and had the most beautiful daughter. However, one year, I just couldn't handle it anymore. I couldn't handle all the bad choices I had made. So I had to get out of the house. I walked and walked until I saw this little bench in the warm lights. I had brought my bottle of wine for the Christmas Eve toast with me. I opened it and had my own little pity party right here. I decided I'm not going to return home. I was going to spend the night on this bench. I was sure no one was going to miss me and no one was going to come looking for me. I laid down on this bench and went to sleep. And if no one found me by morning, and I didn't freeze to death, that this was a sign that I was a mistake and a failure, and I shouldn't go home. Amy held tightly onto Mary's words. That's exactly what Amy was deciding to do. She could tell that the woman had made it through the night, and it was pretty apparent no one came looking for her. This woman had made the right choice to remove her failure and mistakes from those she loved, and they would be better for it. Mary saw the look of acceptance on Amy's face, and a tear rolled down her cheek. I did wake up the next morning. I was alone and decided that's how it needed to be. For years, I wandered the streets and chose that I wasn't good enough for anyone. It was just best if I was on my own. Every Christmas Eve, I would return to this bench and spend the night, sometimes to remind myself of my choice, and sometimes hoping that someone was still looking for me. Then five years ago, as I sat on this bench, there was this poking in my chest. It wasn't coming from inside of me, 
But my coat, in my coat, there was a small hidden pocket inside. I put my hand inside and began to cry. Amy was completely enthralled by Mary's story. What was it? What was causing the pain? Mary pulled out of her pocket a silver star. It was this. This is what was causing me so much pain. Amy looked at the star. Oh, that's so beautiful. How did it get there? Mary was full of tears now. It was mine. I had forgotten all about it. I guess I had put it in there to keep it safe. It was the last gift my mother ever gave to me. My mom had passed away on Christmas Day. However, on Christmas Eve, she and I went out for a walk, sat on a bench, and she gave this to me. I didn't realize until I pulled the star out of my pocket that it was this exact bench in this park. Amy was full of tears herself. Oh my, what a wonderful memory. But doesn't that make you even more sad and depressed? Mary smiled. No, because when my mom gave me the star, she told me the story of how the star had led the shepherds and the wise men to baby Jesus. She had told me they would have been lost and wandering had they not followed that star. When they got to where the star had led them, they were in the presence of true love. My mom told me if I was ever lost to let the star remind me to find Jesus. Whenever I felt unloved, unwanted, and a mess, that Jesus would see me no matter what I was doing or who I was at the time. The star was to remind me to seek Jesus and everything would be okay. Amy felt a little down now. Well, that's a good story, but what has it done for you? I mean, you're still homeless. Mary threw her arms around Amy. Dear child, you are wrong. I'm not homeless anymore. That night, I found the star in my pocket. I decided to get up and look for more stars. That took me across town to a very small church with a star above a nativity scene. I saw this little girl singing Silent Night to the baby Jesus. Her mom walked over to say, it was time to go. That woman looked at me and saw the star in my hand. She stared at me as if looking at a map and trying to decide where she was going to go. Then a tear fell down her cheek, and she said in a very scared and emotional voice, Mom, it was my daughter and my granddaughter. That night I had a place to be. That night the star led me to my family and back to Jesus. He loved me enough to fill my heart with love and joy again. So every Christmas Eve, I come back to this bench to remember how he kept me safe. And when I was ready, he led me back to the most important people in my world. Amy was speechless and crying uncontrollably. Mary smiled and hugged Amy again. You know, I think this is my last year visiting this bench. I think it's time to move on. Would you do me a favor, though? Amy nodded. 
Mary then whispered, holding Amy's hand, Will you keep this for me? Will you keep my mother's story alive? Will you follow the star back to Jesus? Mary handed Amy the star and slipped into the night. So my husband and I have a gift for every single one of you. And my husband and his helpers are going to hand some baskets to you. Each one of you, please take a star with you. But Bill and I have two questions for you. Will you keep Amy and Mary's story alive? Will you please follow the star back to Jesus? Merry Christmas.
I want to invite Magistrelli family up for our Advent moment, fourth Sunday of the month, our Advent moment, and there should be quite a crowd of them. Let's welcome the Magistrelli family. Come on, people. How many are you? <laughs> this is our, our family, and we, we are blessed. And Mackenzie's here, our extended family, and, and Haven. Where are you? Is this everybody? No. No, it's not. Not yet. No, what is that? To think that at one time I never wanted to have children. Well, here. Well, it says here that um, Advent moment by the Magistrelli family, and this is, uh, and it says 10:36, and the sermon comes at 10:36 a.m. So that means we have 10 and a half milliseconds to do this thing. But Sarah, the pastor's wife, assures us we can take a little bit more to develop this theme of peace. It's the fourth uh, Sunday of Advent deals with the subject of peace. Last Sunday dealt with the subject of joy. Two Sundays before that dealt with the subjects of, I don't remember, I wasn't here. But Harry remembers, he remembers those things, Harry. If you need to know, ask Harry. So, anyway, Karen will emcee a little session here. Our kids may give some feedback as to her questions. I, as grandpa, might share a story or two if we have time. I mean, what are grandpas for except to give advice to their grandkids so that the grandkids can grow up to be strong and fearless and fair-minded. So, Karen, where do we go from here? So, the first question is, what is peace? Um, what do you think of when you think of peace? And Grandpa had an idea on that. Grandpa? Could you hear the question? I can't even hear. I'll turn up there. <laughs> you didn't hear? Oh, I'm sorry. There's a difference, isn't there? Whoops. Peace. What do you think of when you think of peace? Does anybody have an answer to that? Oh, yes. Oh, my. What I think peace is, is... Calmness. Oh, good. Emmy. Happiness. Is it loud? Happiness. What I think, what I think of peace is um, helpfulness and God. I think of peace as a calm place where you can just sit down with God and pray. Grandpa, you think you can improve on that one? Anybody? Anybody? Whoa. Anybody else here? You know, I, I, uh, when Karen mentioned that, I thought of something, and uh, I hope it's okay to share this, if it's appropriate. When I think of peace, kids, I think of peace with ourselves. A lot of us, some of us, maybe no one here, but some of us, maybe don't like ourselves too well or, or something about ourselves we don't like. I won't ask for raising hands. 
And I remember, because I'm going to relate this little story, when I was maybe in fourth grade, maybe fifth grade, I had these dark circles under my eyes. Maybe I still have them. <laughs> I didn't like having dark circles. I figured I looked like a raccoon. Now, who wants to look like a raccoon? I certainly didn't. So, kids, this is what I did so I wouldn't look like a raccoon. In the morning before school, sometimes I'd get up and I'd cup my hand before the mirror and dump some white baby powder in the palm of my hand, mix in a little bit of water, and dab that white stuff under my eyes so that I wouldn't look like a raccoon. Then... I'd be off to school. And I can imagine what some of the other kids were thinking. Hey, what's with Bobby with that white chunk under his eyes? What's with the white chunk? <laughs> Bobby trying to start a new trend or something? S-U-M-P-I-N, something. Bobby trying to start a new trend? We kids are always trying to start a new trend. So I didn't like myself too well, looking like a raccoon. But then something happened to me, and I had a, maybe a God thought. And the thought was, hey, Bob, God made raccoons, therefore he must like raccoons, therefore he must like me, because I look like a raccoon. And that thought really helped me. And I began to like myself a little bit. And so, kids, it's important that you like yourself a little bit, because God made you. And he loves you, and he made every part of you. Makes sense? It's very important that you like one another. Now, parents, can I share this with the parents, with my kids? Help your kids work through these issues of appearance. Mommy, mommy, is my nose too long? No, son, your nose is not too long. It's just that your face sits too far back. <laughs> My mother was a very diplomatic and compassionate woman. <laughs> she didn't actually say that, but something like that. So, <laughs> parents, help your kids work through these issues. Use Psalm 139 if you need to. Peace. <laughs> okay, now, <laughs> give Bob a microphone and you can't shut him up. I, yeah, <laughs> there we go. So, uh, yeah, a millisecond is over. Real quick, um, when life gets tough and life gets messy, how do you find peace? Eli had an answer to that. When life gets messy... What do you do to find peace? He cleans. Eli cleans. How do you help someone else find peace when their life is messy? I think I can talk to them. Good one. I can um, play with them. We can pray. Such good ideas. Oh. We could help them walk through it. 
stage fright. Um, and then how can you become a peacemaker? A peacemaker. How do you become a peacemaker? You just got to be a nice person and approach people by saying hello or doing something nice for them. Right on. Find Jesus in your problems. Turn to Jesus. There you go. Trinity. Pray. Pray. Well, thank you all for letting our family share what peace means to us. If we could pray just a second. Jesus, we thank you that you are the Prince of Peace and that you are the one to do this work in our life. And so help us to honor you when life gets messy. Help us to find peace in you. Our fourth Advent candle. Do you see what I see? see what I see? A star, a star, dancing in the night with a tail as big as a tail. Let's go.
<laughs> you know, Christmas time is just, it's fun. Uh, it's fun to hang out with family and even fake a car pool karaoke thing. I mean, that's great stuff, right? Um, and, and, and so much of the joy of this season is, is families coming together. And, of course, another great part of the joy of the season is receiving presents. Kids, come on, who's been sniffing around the tree trying to find out where, which packages are yours? Go ahead and raise your hand if you've been doing that. Come on, kids. You know who you are. Yes. We've all done it. Don't let your parents tell you they didn't do it when they were kids because they did. There's no doubt about it. It's exciting. There's so much anticipation ramping up to the time when you get to open up presents. And I got a present this morning, and I thought maybe I should open this up while you're watching me do this. Is that okay? Is anybody? Is that okay? Going to be a little... You, you want to help me, Haven? You want to help me open this present? Come here and help me open this. What do you think we have? What is it? You want to... What is it? Baby Jesus. Oh, look at that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He did that for you. He did this for you. He had you on his mind. He had you in his heart. Thinking about your journey, your stuff, your chaos. Your failures, your struggles. He loved the world so much. Not just one part of the world, not just one particular group of people, not just the Jews. He loved the whole world so much that he crams himself into flesh. God, the creator of all the universe, became human because he really wanted us to know how much he loves us. Not just, not just the good people, not just the smart people, not just the rich people. Yes, he came to shepherds and to wise men. And all of us in between. See, he wants you to be a part of his story. He invites you to be a part of his story. In fact, we could really change the verse a little bit. And since I'm a pastor, I get to do these things, all right? Maybe we'll say it this way. For God loved you. That he gave his one and only son that if you would choose to believe in Him, you would be able to spend eternity in heaven 
with him. That is his heart for you. That is his hope for you. All of this that we've done today, all of the fun that we've had today, all the different messages that we've heard today summed up in this verse, for God so loved the world, so loved you. With your eyes closed, I just, I, I, I want to say a prayer over you. As we continue on through the Christmas season, that you will experience this precious gift that he is offering you. Dear Jesus, I pray over each and every person that is in this room and each and every person that is listening online that we're centering ourselves on you right now, thinking about the fact that you, the God of all the universe, became human. stepped out of heaven, born of a virgin. Not just to be born, but with purpose. To be our Messiah, our Savior. With the purpose that at one point in time, you would stretch your arms out on a cross a Roman cross, and allow your death to become salvation for us. We celebrate your birth this month, this week. We celebrate your birth today because ultimately you died for us to save us, to redeem us, to make us new. That is the hope and the message of Christmas. Thank you for loving us this much. May we experience that. May we receive that. May we embrace that. And may we be transformed by that. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we all pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, we want to sing one song together. We've, we've heard lots of people sing, but we thought it would be fun to close out today singing a Christmas carol together. So why don't we stand, kind of shake the dust off of being seated as long as we've been seated. You know this song really well, but we'll have the words up on the screen. The first Noel, the angel did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay in fields where they lay tending their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so Come back up, kids. Enjoy the snow. Come on up here and let's continue to sing. They looked up and saw a star crying in the east beyond them far. 
have kids? Noel, Noel. Noel, Born is the King of Israel, and by the light of that same star, bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you, and fill you with his peace. Have an amazing Christmas. God bless you. Let's give these kids a hand. And you are dismissed. As you're leaving, one just one thing you, you want to know is there's plenty of food So if you still want to grab some food, please do so. Hopefully we'll see you at Christmas Eve service, 6 p.m. right here.